Hey there, I'm Dr. John with Freedom Family Chiropractic, and I'm starting this podcast called Jamming with John, The Connection Cast, to get to know more local businesses. My goal through the podcast is to interview a small business or a local business on Mondays and provide some cool tips, tricks, or motivations on Fridays. The interview weekly will be around why the business was created, what it means to them, and get to know their motto, mission, and what drives them. But honestly, The main goal behind it all is to get to know the person behind the small business. I hope you are excited to join me along this journey. And if you like this podcast, definitely share it out with a friend. Hey, hey, hey guys. Thanks for jumping on and listening in on another interview episode of Jam with Jen, the Connection Cast. I'm so excited for you all to listen in on this episode today. I am interviewing Connie Lambeth, who is the owner and doula of Pax and Locks. So Connie and I probably could have talked for hours about birth and the innate intelligence that all of us have within us. Um, So let's jump right in. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Jam with Jen, the Connection Cast. Today I have Connie Lambeth on, who is a doula and owns Pax and Lux. So welcome, Connie. Thanks for being on. Thanks, Jen. I'm really happy to be here with you. Good. So tell me a little bit about yourself. So I am a mom of two. I have two daughters. They're almost, my oldest is almost eight and my youngest is almost four. Um, and I, like most parents, you know, I mean, I feel like you really need a solid community and, um, it's not something that we're meant to do alone. (laughs) And, um, uh, that's, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I love doula work too, because I get to be part of people's communities long-term, um, even though it's like, you know, this time of life where it's just, um, I think of when people think of like pregnancy and birth and the postpartum period, it's like, you know, I mean, it's a long time, but <laughs> it's a full year, but it's also kind of a short time in people's lives too, in comparison to like your full lifespan. But, you know, I still get questions about like, you know, what, um, do you have tips about weaning or potty learning or, you know, like it's like another person that you can lean on for parent support. Um, so yeah, I'm a mom and a wife and, um, I'm originally an East coaster. I'm a a transplant to Wisconsin and yeah, so I feel like I have like a little bit of a East coast edge (laughs) while being a little Midwestern, Midwestern nice. (laughs) So yeah. I love it. So I, I mean, as a chiropractor, I'm pretty familiar with what doulas do, but for anybody who isn't familiar, do you want to share kind of what a doula is there for during the birthing process and everything? For sure. So um, for birth doulas, like I consider myself to be a full spectrum doula where I am there to support people during pregnancy and then however their pregnancy ends and then whether, you know, like it could be like a loss or it could be um, something planned like a birth um, and then their postpartum period too. So I do it all. Um, But a doula supports you emotionally, physically, and um, informationally and also like educationally um, when you're in this transition phase. So it's like another person to lean on to, um, especially like, you know, when you 
and I mean, like, even like right now, like it's um, with like telehealth visits, it's a little bit harder to really like see your care provider. Um, but even like, you know, in the beginning of pregnancy, like you see your care provider once a month and, um, you know, your doula is like a person that you can lean on whenever you need someone to lean on. Perfect. As somebody in the healthcare industry, I, I feel like doulas are essential, like to the birthing process. Like there's a lot going on and I think that everybody should, should have one by their side. So me too, (laughs) if they want it. (laughs) True. Very true. Um, so how did you get into that type of work? Yeah. So I had really positive birth experiences with both of my daughters. And since then, like, I just, I have always felt like, um, a birth advocate. And at the time, um, I was a teacher when I had both of my daughters and, um, when I, well, when I was pregnant with my second daughter, I also, I did my doula training during that time, just out of curiosity. And um, I was teaching Montessori at the time. And so I felt like, oh, like this really could help with parent communication. And that's the element that I really liked a lot about being a teacher was really thinking of the child as a whole person and, you know, their life at school is part of who they are and then their life at home is part of who they are. And, you know, it's so important to see that whole child as a human. Um, And so I, you know, I love working with parents and I did my doula training and it was like, oh, (laughs) this is like something that I feel like I just am, you know, like it just spoke to me in a way where um, you know, yes, like you need training, but it's also something that I feel like is so within my natural skill set. Um, and I doulaed my first birth shortly after that. And it was like an epiphany or like a light bulb turning on, you know, where it was just like, oh, oh, like I can still, you know, I'm still an educator, mm-hmm. but it's in a different way. You know, it's like with real life experiential, all the feelings, you know, So, um, so yeah, that's kind of how I got into this work. And, um, both of my, um, both of my grandmothers had traumatic birth experiences and I was so well supported in my own births that, um, you know, I feel that the way that you're supported during a birth really matters and it can affect how you look back on it and how you process it. And like, if, are you heard when you're birthing, you know, like, are there people there who, they like really see you, they really hear you and that they're in it with you, you know, like that's so crucial. Awesome. What do you have, uh, like a mission with Paximux and does the name come from anything in particular? Yeah. So, um, the name means peace and light in Latin. Um, I'm a, I'm an Italian American and I feel like being like a New York Italian, it's like very much a part of my identity. And I wanted to bring that into, um, you know, what I do as a doula without like having a name that's like beating you over the head with like empowerment and, you know, like, cause I, I mean, I feel really strongly that when, um, when I'm working with a family, like they don't need me to empower them. They're already empowered. And so I wanted something that was just really focused on bringing in the elements that it does matter like what energies are coming in when you're giving birth. So like someone who is there, who is peaceful and who is, um, you know, kind of like holding the torch for you to do your work. Mm -hmm. 
I love it. I so when I saw your name and everything or the 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 lux part of it in chiropractic we have what we call subluxation so mm-hmm. a misalignment within the body and it literally comes from the light not being there below the light so interesting yes. i love that so the the lux part is is in there too and that it comes from that meaning of below and light so that's yes. so interesting very cool yeah and also I, something that i never knew how cool. Yeah. And it's something, so I like, whenever I see the word lux, like I think of light, but not everybody does. So I'm glad that now I know about packs. Yeah. Totally. Know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so what are some of the most commonly asked questions that you receive? Usually people are, first of all, like most, I mean, most people like in this area, like kind of have an idea of what a doula is, but Sometimes I run into people who don't. And so it's kind of a fun name (laughs) and also like a profession that is certainly not new. Like when we think of, you know, the historical professions for, especially for a woman to have, um, not that all, I mean, some doulas are not women. Um, They might identify as something else, but um, like in terms of their gender, but um, like it's one of the oldest professions that like historically women could have, you know? So it's kind of a cool thing, but, um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's, yeah, I, sorry. I'm just like, I lost my track of thinking. That's okay. Yeah. The question was, what are some of the most commonly asked questions? So oh, yes. Okay. Exactly so what you're talking about. For sure. So <laughs> sometimes, I mean, if someone doesn't know what a doula is, it's usually like, what is, what's a doula? What do you do? Um, which, you know, like, of course we went over earlier just now. Um, but especially like when I'm working with someone who like has not thought about giving birth in a long time, or like they're not in like the birth climate, oftentimes they don't have an idea of what a doula is, which is totally okay. You know, um, oftentimes people ask what's the difference between a doula and a midwife. Um, and the main thing is that a doula doesn't do anything medical. And so, but there are definitely like a lot of overlapping elements, like a midwife is usually, most midwives have like a more holistic approach to birth where they're seeing the person as a whole, as like, you know, your emotional side, like how you're processing things matters, how you're feeling emotionally matters, um, where you're at mentally, like it's more of like a whole person approach, typically, depending on the provider, because certainly there are are midwives out there who don't practice that way, but, or likewise, you know, there could be an OBGYN or a family practice doctor who does practice holistically, you know, where they see you as a whole person. So it's, I think it's more just like individualized, like how that person practices as an individual. Um, But usually people are wondering that because they think like of a doula and a midwife is like almost the same thing. Um, And, but, which I get, there's a lot of overlap, but, but the main thing that's different about us is that we don't do anything medical. We're not doing cervical exams. Doulas don't like, you know, we're not going to give you an IV. Like anything that would fall under medical or like touching your body in a way to like evaluate where you're at medically, like a doula does not do that. Gotcha. I think yeah. that's, that's perfect um, to share that because I feel like even I've gotten that question a lot between the two and usually like that's my like basic answer as well so perfect for sure yeah 
Um, so what are, what are, are there anything or is there anything that you know now that you wish you would have known when you first started? I think one of the things that a lot of newer doulas or novice doulas, what they, when they're first starting out that they, and even myself, you know, I think it was, uh, or it can be the kind of thing where you feel like, you know, I should be doing something where just being present and there for the person when they're giving birth and just like being in it with them is enough, you know, like you are seeing them through that whole way throughout the whole process. The doula is someone who is, um, you know, and like what I do is I feel that I'm fully present for the person when they're giving birth and I'm with them continuously the whole time while they're in labor, um, when they give birth and then in the postpartum to help with lactation. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's just, um, again, I lost track. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> anything, it was just that anything you wish you would have known when you first started that you now know pretty much. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Jen. Um, yeah, I think just, you know, giving people, um, like if as a new doula, I would remind myself that, you know, if you are present and there with them, like that you don't necessarily have to be doing something to affect their birth, you know, like you're doing all the things right just by being present and being there with them. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are definitely like things that can help like counter pressure and suggesting different positions, but so much of birth is intuitive that when you're giving birth, you just almost know what to do, you know, like it's just one of those things that, um, that you, depending on your like babe's position, you know, like you might think, oh, I need, really need to lift my leg. And often that's what feels best for you. Or, you know, like your body lets you know what you need to do and everyone else is there to, you know, provide support and suggestions and you get to choose what feels right. Right. That's great. I think that's one thing that we as society sometimes forget is how intelligent we are, how we have this innate ability to know what to do sometimes. And it's just trusting your body. So totally. Very yeah. cool. So besides like the doula work, so you do hypnobirthing too. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So I think hypnobirthing is one of those things that people think maybe isn't for them. Like if they are thinking that um, especially if like you don't have a meditation practice set up, sometimes people see it as like one of those things that might be out there that's not for them. Um, but really, I mean, hypnobirthing, the goal is, well, with any kind of self-hypnosis, it is reached through guided meditation with a goal. So in this, like, I mean, even some, um, like meditation apps, like, I don't know, I, like, I use the Calm app and I really like it. But, um, like there are, you know, different programs on there where, I don't know, like I've seen like, you know, guided meditation for better sleep and like that's self-hypnosis, you know, like that it's guided meditation with a goal. And so even though they're not communicating it as that, it is, you know, so I think of hypnobirthing as guided meditation with the goal of having a calmer birth experience. Um, and a calmer pregnancy. And so, um, you know, so during classes, we definitely do a lot of like working through any fears and, and anxieties that someone might have, or even, um, you know, working through 
things that they might not have thought of, like, you know, what is your birth experience? And like, what's the birth experience of, you know, even if it's like something in the media, like how does that affect you in terms of like what you're anticipating for your birth and, you know, the things that you're thinking about? Because in the media, birth is like something that is really shown as being something really dramatic and scary. And oftentimes like birth, like over 90% of births are pretty straightforward, you know, like without much of a hiccup. So um, I think, yeah, I mean, hypnobirthing is just something that I really like because it focuses on calming techniques and in typical childbirth education classes that might be like a portion of one class, you know, but hypnobirthing is just like totally focused on calming techniques and things that you can do even ahead of your birth to prepare for it more than just like the physiological process. Perfect. How did, so right now we're are like recording this during the pandemic in Wisconsin, the safer at home orders have been lifted whatnot. But I mean, there was a solid eight weeks there of kind of that fear going on. Did you have anybody or any like pregnant patients who were, went into that like fear of like, were they going to have the baby at the hospital? Were they going to change their plans like last minute type of thing? Definitely. And I think even, um, so like with my hypnobirthing class, um, I've always taught it on Skype. And so the last class that I taught, um, like the last course that I taught, there was um, a person who was giving birth in Boston or they were planning on giving birth in Boston and they weren't even sure if they were going to be allowed to have their partner there. You know, I mean, like, so people are really thinking of heavy things, you know, if I think those are big drastic changes when the average person is thinking about what their birth preferences would be. Most people, if they have either a romantic partner or a birth companion, like a parent or a best friend or their doula, like these are people that they've really thought carefully about who they want at their birth. And so just the idea of like not having the support that you were anticipating and that you were wanting and carefully planning for, like that's heavy. In addition to like, you know, the unknowns of, of a pandemic, you know, like those are things that, I don't know, I just, feel so strongly that birth is so formative and that who, who you're supported by and how you're supported matters a lot. And so, um, you know, I think people are really thinking deeply about what that looks like for them and trying to shift in terms of like processing it and like processing fears and anxieties, but also thinking differently about like, okay, do I, you know, who, who's, who am I okay with visiting me after my baby comes, you know, mm -hmm. like those are really big things that people weren't necessarily thinking about three months ago, you know? Right. So other than like the hypnobirthing, the doula, so you touched on a little bit that you do like the lactation consultant part. And then I saw on your website that you have like baby planning a la carte type things. Did you want to talk in, about anything with those? Sure. Yeah. I mean, so as a baby planner, I know it sometimes kind of sounds like, you know, I, it doesn't have to, anything to do with like conception. It's more just like having kind of like a, like if you think of like concierge service in a mm -hmm. hotel, like it's kind of like that um, where, you know, I can come into people's homes and, you know, help them set up their nursery or it's almost like having like a personal assistant, but related to pregnancy 
and um, where, you know, you have someone to lean on who is an expert in the field, you know, in terms of like, you know, what supplies am I going to need? Like, what are some things that um, might be helpful for postpartum meals, you know, like things that um, it can be helpful to have expert knowledge in. Uh, whereas, I mean, like someone certainly could get like a meal delivery service or something like that after they give birth. But is it someone who is also thinking about like, oh, well, maybe we shouldn't put sage in there or, you know? <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought that that was brilliant. Like that's would be so helpful to have somebody who understands that process of that fourth trimester and like the nutrition too. Totally. And I'm, I'm certainly not a nutritionist yeah. by any means, but um you know, I mean, there are definitely things to look out for in terms of making sure that there's a balanced diet and that you don't have to do much in terms of prep <laughs> once right. you've had your baby. <laughs> right. Um, so is there any like continuing education or continuing courses that you, you do regularly? So I'm training to be an IBCLC, which is an international board certified lactation consultant. And so I feel really strongly about lactation and um, making it work within each family if that's feeling right, you know? And so when I think of lactation support, it's really just like, what are your goals as a family and how can we help it to fit in within that? Mm -hmm. um, and how is it gonna feel right for everybody in the family, you know? What are ways that like partners can be involved within it? Um, too, you know, so I, but I think, um, like certainly I think one of the cooler things about being a doula is that you kind of get to choose what you want to specialize in. And I mean, I feel like as a childbirth educator, hypnobirthing really spoke to me because of the additional calming elements of it. Um, but for me, I felt that in terms of like wanting to look into lactation support, um, I just felt like I wanted to go big or go home, you know, <laughs> like in terms of like lactation could support an IBCLC is like the, like more of like a medical professional um, under the, the umbrella of lactation support, but not exactly a medical professional, you know, like it's one of those like in between kind of zones, but um, it's a long process, but um, you know, I, the nice thing is that I also kind of get to go at my own pace, which is lovely. And I, it's flexible within like going to births and, you know, so. Right. Yeah. It's something that I just, I don't know. I, I just love lactation. It's so fascinating. It really is. It is. <laughs> the whole process is very interesting. Mm -hmm. Even like, I think sometimes people don't realize that you're, like your breasts are fully developed after they start lactating. So like, that's when you finish puberty. Isn't that wild? Like, I don't know. It's <laughs> <is> pretty crazy. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Oh man. I feel like there's a lot of things that from like the wellness side and just like how our bodies change and grow and develop, we probably could chat for hours on how oh my cool gosh. things are that we don't, that we just take for granted. Yes. Like the process of like the tongue and whatnot always fascinates me. Oh my gosh. If you like look at what a tongue looks like, like what a baby's tongue looks like, yeah. it, it's like a little wave, you know, yeah. like when a little nursing baby tongue, it's so fascinating. It really is. I, yes. <laughs> um, so life is constantly changing. What are some of the most meaningful things in your life right now? 
Um, I mean, definitely being home with my family as a whole has been really powerful. And um, I mean, there are definitely times where I'm like, ah, going kind of crazy and, you know, feeling it just like everybody else. But um, I feel like those are like just the really prominent things that I, like my family is the reason why I got into this work. And it's been really refreshing to um, just have that quiet time of, I feel like the stay at home period has been very much like the postpartum period for people where, you know, like I, so I also, um, I am a, a co-moderator and facilitator for a parent baby group. And that one of the things that I noticed most within the families that were coming to it when all this happened was just that they were saying, well, it's not that different from what we're already doing. You know, like you're at home kind of distancing yourself a little bit in terms of like the general population because you have a little tiny baby. Um, unless it's like something that is an emergency or like it needs to happen. Like most people are just like laying low in their nest. And I, likewise, I feel like I'm just in my nest and, um, that's been really powerful for sure. Perfect. So this next question is called the three truths. So if you imagine years and years down the road, you are with your loved ones, so your husband, your children, um, your grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and you, everything that you've put out there into the world, so um, any videos, posts, blogs, all of that is gone, and you are only able to leave them three things to live by, what would those three things be? Oh my gosh, Jen, that's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I would leave them with family recipes. I think that that would be a big one. Um, I love cooking my great grandma's recipes. And so I would want to like, you know, I would, would, would want to leave those to my kids, you know? Um, also, I think like practical skills that, you know, I feel like you pass those on and they get carried on forever, you know, as long as you keep using them and teach the next person. Um, Hmm. I don't know what my last one. And it can, and it doesn't have to be like a skill or anything. It can be just even like words to live by or mm. anything like that. Yeah, I guess a word to live by. I mean, of course, just trying to be kind. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, both of my daughters are really lively, and they are not afraid of letting you know what they're thinking and I love that about them but I often have to remind them like can you say that with kindness like can you say that calmly to me <laughs> so I would I would leave that for sure and I think that that I say it so frequently I think that's something that they would remember about their childhood anyway <laughs> was would be yeah. like how can you say that kindly to me <laughs> I do love how children are so honest though. Oh my gosh, me too. Right. Uh, I love like the no filter at all. Just give it to me straight. And they do. Yes, yes I do too. Um, how would you define success? Mm, I think how well you're supporting your community. That's like what I think of as success. Mm -hmm. um, like when I was a Montessori teacher, I read this book called the Tao of Montessori. And it was one of the things was that they talked about was like, how do you know if you like, like the things that you want for your child, like so many people will say like, well, I just want my child to be happy. But really, it's like that your child 
should be like a positive contributing member to society. Like that's the goal, you know? And so I think of that as like, you know, that's success to me is like being a positive contributing member of society and supporting the community and, um, you know, being there for people. Yeah. Perfect. Do you have any books or podcasts that you recommend or that you listen to often? Does it have to be birth related? No, anything. Okay. Um, I really like Getting Curious with Jonathan Van Ness. That's like one of my ones that I like to just get good info. Like he always has really um, good people that he is discussing, like just really, I don't know, things that like they're not necessarily related. They're just things that he's curious about. And I really love that. Um, but yeah, I, in terms of like, um, a birth professional, I really like the podcast, the birth hour. I think that's a really good one. It's just like birth stories that are from real life people. And so I will often, if my, if the families that I'm working with want to hear birth stories, cause not everyone wants to hear about a birth story. Mm-hmm. Um, if they want to hear birth stories, but they're feeling overwhelmed by other people telling them their own birth stories because sometimes those are not positive. Um, and in a birth story does not necessarily have to be positive to be helpful to hear. But, um, you know, if you're in the grocery store and someone walks up to you when you're pregnant, it's usually not a positive birth story. <laughs> um, but I really like the birth hour a lot because, you know, you get to like, they will say like, this was a, I don't know, a short water birth, or it was a induction with hypnobirthing, or, you know, like, they'll usually have, like, a description of, like, what the story is about, so you get to, like, scroll through, and you can choose what, what birth story feels good for you to hear, mm-hmm. um, so I really like that, um, but yeah, I, don't, I also, I just found this podcast called um, Citizen Podcast, and it's C-T-Z-N, And it is a podcast that focuses on wellness professionals and social justice. And I love it so far. It's been really helpful. Um, And so I'd really recommend that because I'm really into it. Okay, perfect. I'll have to take a look or listen to those. Yeah, it's been really cool. Awesome. Yeah. Other, so where can people find you if they want to learn more? So I'm on Instagram at Doula. That's my handle. I'm also on Facebook. If you look up Pax and Lux, my website is paxandlux, P-A-X-A-N-D-L-U-X.net. Um, and so people can find me there. And I also have a few YouTube videos, <laughs> which was something that I dabbled with, but it's not my favorite. <laughs> but I, I'm, all, I'm also on there. Even I think I have like three videos or something. But usually I like Instagram the most. I feel like I'm a really visual person. And I like that, um, you know, you kind of get a peek into, um, I don't know, it's almost like they're mini blogs, you know, like when you think of like Instagram and how it works, it's just like little blip blogs. And I really like that as a way to connect, especially like in terms of like finding other care providers in the area or, you know, it's like a cool way to kind of get a vibe for what is important for them within their practice and like, what are they doing? Anything new? Like, I just, I love Instagram. Yeah. Perfect. I will make sure to post all of those links in the show notes too, so that people don't have to try to remember everything. I can just right. click on, click on it Jen. in the show notes. <laughs> Thank you. So, of course. Any other like words of wisdom or anything you want to leave those listeners with? 
Yeah. I mean, I think when it comes, I mean, I think of like one of the things that affects birth so much is your care provider that you choose. And so I really feel like if you are pregnant or you've just found out that you're pregnant, like, you know, shop around and really get a vibe for what feels good for you, you know, and it might surprise you. So I think, you know, just being open and flexible and exploring your options, like that's going to help you find what works for you. So I really, I feel like, you know, trust your gut instincts and check in and see what feels good, you know, because if you don't explore, you won't know. Absolutely. I a hundred percent agree with you. There's, I always have this conversation with people who say they tried chiropractic even. It's like, no, you have to find the right person for you. And likewise, yeah. Total. And like the right method that feels good for you, you exactly. know, like there's just, I don't know. I think chiropractic has one of those stereotypes that people like just imagine like the popping and the snapping and like, really there's so much more to it. Like mm-hmm. we're talking about like your nutritional needs and what is your stress like? And you know, like it's just, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I love chiropractic. So <laughs> chiropractic cares and especially during pregnancy, yeah. it is so <laughs> helpful. I would agree. But yeah, it's, it's always about finding the right connection for you. So for sure. I awesome. Agree. Anything else you want to leave, leave the listeners with? Not that I can think of. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Connie. Thanks. It was really nice to hang out with you, Jen. Wow. This one will probably be chalked up as one of my favorite episodes. Like I said, I probably could have chatted with Connie for hours um, about her birth process or about the birth process in general and just all of the other things that happen with development. So thank you, Connie, so much for taking the time out of your day to jump on the podcast with me. And thank you all for listening in. Thank you so much for listening in to Jamming with Jen, the podcast. If you've enjoyed the podcast, definitely hit that subscribe button or go ahead and leave a review. Every little bit helps. Stay tuned for the next episode on Jamming with Jen.